Welcome to Fat Pile Friday here on Chewing the Fat. As we, uh, you know, plow through the uh, the pile of fat that is uh, left over from the week, plus some new stuff. Oh, uh, you know, just some some days we can't get to it all, and so I try to try to pack it in for you on Friday, so you you know you wrap up the week with stories that were you know available to you and out there in the world that are well that'll help you get through the day. I like this story, Hershey's changing its look to its candy bars. What? Now, I love Hershey's chocolate bars. I know that may come as a surprise to you, but I do. Now, I love Hershey's cookies and cream. I couldn't remember the name of the stupid cookies and cream candy bars. I just eat them. I couldn't remember the name of them. I see the picture. They're in the light wrappers. See the light wrappers? Oh, those are cookies and cream. I want those. (laughs) So, forever, forever, you unwrap the package, and on each little square... It says Hershey's. And that makes you feel so good. It's like, oh, it's Hershey's. Now, though, the brand is replacing the recognizable logo and etching 25 popular emojis into the rectangles that make up its milk chocolate bar. So you're going to have a smiley face, the fist pound, the ghost emoji. I don't know if you'll have the poop emoji. I mean, that doesn't seem right on a Hershey bar, but maybe you will. So this is the first time since 1900. I mean, they're all three. Let's better not screw up the chocolate bar. Let's better not screw it up. I don't want to hear it, man. I mean, I get it. You want Hershey's on it. Well, you want your little emojis on it, and it's a cute little thing. And the packaging is going to have the cute little emoji on the outside of the package, and it's going to be all kinds of cuteness. But if it screws up the flavor of the Hershey bar, huh, there's going to be trouble right here in River City. Like the new show open? <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't know. Uh, it is. What is it? You know, I, do I have to dance? Do I have to kick? Both. All right. Hold on. <sighs> well, I haven't done that in a long time. I don't think I can kick that high anymore. gonna drop over oh my gosh i think i could do that anymore it's pretty tough all right no you're trying to kill me seriously i can't hear this without getting up and dancing so don't play it anymore please so I'm fascinated by the Lamar Odom story. Uh, Lamar, former NBA player, married to a Khloe Kardashian, 
Uh, he's, you know, he's had a fascinating life, and he just, uh, you know, came out with this new little life book, and he's got. He's gay. Know, no. You know, say he his, came out. He came out with his new little life book, his book of darkness to light. Try, I came awful close to stealing my line. Awful close to stealing the quote from Jeff Fisher. What's your quote? Live in the dark long enough, it becomes your light. Oh, yeah, this is the uh, Criminal Minds quote that you want. Yeah. So it'll be pushing your luck there, Lamar. But I just saying that I was, I was fascinated by him because in his book, he claims to have slept with 2,000 women. Now, I mean, that sounds like a lot. But when you break it down, it really isn't. He's, what, 39? 39 years old. All right, 39 years old. What are you looking at me like that for? What are you looking at me like that for? I'm sorry. That I've only slept with like three people. I didn't ask how many women you slept with. In 2000, it's like. I didn't ask how many people you slept with. So uh, how old is he? So he's 39. And I'm 20. No, I'm 30. Slept, I'll be 30. This he year. says he claims to have slept with 2,000 women. All right. That's a lot. No. It doesn't say, but when you break it down, it really isn't. Break what down, okay, Jeffy? Okay, so he figured, he figured he started having sex 25 years ago, around, okay. around 14. Okay. Right, just, I, I don't know. He might have no, been. That's he fine. Might Let's give it. No, that's right. So 14 ish. Actually, no, no, no. Let's do this ago. legal. Let's do this 18. Well, now I have to do my math again. I've already got oh, you already did, I already <laughs> did the math. <laughs> <laughs> Let me break out my calculator again. Redo my math. Here, here. While you do your math. What's that? No, then I can't do my math and dance. That's just silly. All right, so if you would say uh, he's thirty nine, so twenty years. Okay. All right, twenty years. So if you if you're looking at twenty, right? So you're looking at uh, two thousand, right? Two thousand women, according okay. to him, divided by twenty years. Okay. All right, is a hundred women a year. That's right? a lot. Divided by twelve. Okay. Once in a year, you're looking at eight a month. That's a lot. Uh, for him, no. For any guy. Oh, he's a, he played in the NBA. He's traveling well, he's different cities every night. I mean, that's... I'm sorry. That just... Does, that's a lot. Maybe for some. I really want to ask, but I'm not going maybe to. Maybe for some. But I found it fascinating, his story, that uh, when he when he had his heart attack, when he overdosed at the brothel he uh, a couple years ago, like three three years ago or so. And it's still not enough? What's that? He almost died. Yeah, well, he's Mr. Clean now. That's what I'm saying. You know, darkness to light or whatever. But you said it's not enough. 2000 and he almost died. He had a freaking heart event. I didn't say that was Doing drugs. Enough. I just said it was, uh, I didn't, it wasn't as much as people think. Sounds more than it is. You're looking at eight a month. I mean, an average guy does what? Four a month, four a month maybe? If they're single? Where is this guy? So anyway, Lamar Odom, uh, overdose, at least I, I should say the average real man that I'm familiar with. I mean, the rock and roll uh, guys and the, no, the blow and stuff no. like that. You mean those, don't you? No. No. If you're a rock and roll guy with your doing blow, with your hip lingo, uh, and you're only doing four a month, a loser Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Those are the guys that you're talking about. So, <laughs> so he had he, about three and a half years ago. He overdosed at uh, at the brothel in, in Las Vegas and at the Love Ranch, and he was going to spend the weekend there. And he said that uh, the story he did right is great. Uh, he said he blended uh, 
into the days turned into nights I spent uh, with beautiful women and a mound of drugs. My getaway, my getaway weekend would be no different. Um, on Tuesday morning, I lay on the floor in my room at the ranch, dying. My body was convulsing. The woman who kept me company screamed and called 911. So if he was only with one woman for that weekend, I mean, see what I mean? Loser. Uh, call, <laughs> screamed and called 911. I was taken to Sunrise Hospital in Las Vegas. There was an unholy concoction of cocaine, cognac, cognac and cannabis coursing through my veins. My heart stopped twice. I had 12 seizures and six strokes. My lungs collapsed and my kidneys ruptured. I was on life support. Everyone I'd loved was looking at me through bleary eyes. Wow. I mean, that is, that's something. He is lucky to be alive. And so he's, I mean, darkness to light, baby. He's living large now. He actually, we should try to talk to him on Chewing the Fat Man. Except all I want to talk about is his overdose and drug days. I don't want, you know, okay, tell me about your goodness today. Whatever you're doing today, that's great, Lamar. <laughs> Did anybody ever tell you that your 2,000 women really wasn't that much? Because what's his face? The one big basketball star years ago said he had 20,000 under his belt. Right? Will Chamberlain said he had 20,000 under his belt. And I bet you Magic Johnson, before he retired, had a couple thousand under his belt too. Easy. Because he quit with his little HIV problem, which I, you know, he's cured now. But Magic was uh, quite the uh, the go-to guy for sex too for a number of years. So, how many? Look up, see if it says if there's any report on how many women Magic Johnson was with. Okay, so Magic says, uh, according to this, he had reportedly admitted to having sex with three to five hundred people a year before his announcement, uh, before his HIV deal. So. I mean, that's well over 2,000. I mean, Lamar is a kid in a, <laughs> with his 2,000. <laughs> now, look, is, are, are, is 2,000 good? You tell me. I don't know. You're a whore. So you're saying that's bad or? Yes. Wow. Why do you hate? All right, I'm done talking to you about this. Nice. Oh, okay. Fat Pile Friday. I've got so, man. We, seriously. This, I didn't think this week was that busy, but there's a serious fat pile here. Um, and I'm not just talking about me. Thank you. I, I mean, I did my own. Where were you? You were busy. You're looking the other way is what you were doing instead of being on your job. I've got serious fat going on this week. And I'm not talking about me. Thank you. So... <laughs> A family out for a Mother's Day walk stumbled upon a huge gold nugget. They were walking the outskirts of the gold rush town, Bendigo, Victoria. I'm sorry? Bendigo, Victoria. Bendigo. Bendigo, Victoria. Bendigo. Bendigo, Victoria. That's what I said. They're walking the outskirts of that. Bendigo, Victoria. That's what I said. The gold weighs 624 grams, about 20 ounces. (laughs) 
<laughs> nobody knows how many how, how much six hundred forty-two grams. Nobody knows. Do you so, multiply or do you divide? A thirty-seven thousand dollar nugget. I mean, that's pretty good, even if they were walking in Bendigo Victoria. Where is Bendigo Victoria? Over there by Italy, Spain. It's over there. <laughs> you know, when you when you leave this country, it's over there. The father said they took the nugget to a local supermarket. What is he trying to buy food with his nugget? Oh, he just wants the produce. I guess he was probably looking for the scale at the produce department, actually. <laughs> you can weigh it. Apparently, the scale at the house doesn't work. We're probably the only people in the world that have scales in our homes. I think so, too. I was about to say, of course, you idiot, but it's overseas. So, yep. yes. Yeah, we're probably the only the, the we are so obsessed with weight and our looks. You probably have that, one in the kitchen, bathroom, and your room. I mean, so because <laughs> that's the same what I have. So, I went in the kitchen, bathroom, and my room. I mean, I have, all right, so we have a scale in the kitchen. Uh huh. We have a scale in the bathroom. Uh huh. We have a scale that we use for. Out there in the front room, we use for luggage and stuff when we're traveling. Yep. Then we have another scale that I used to use up, you know, the triple beam for the drugs. No, I don't have those scales anymore. <laughs> and to be honest, I mean, we joke around, but the scale in the kitchen is actually for food. It's not. Yeah, that's a scale. Yeah, a human yeah, scale. yeah. But I mean, they may actually have a human scale that doesn't weigh that big gold nugget in it. In ben- Bendigo Victoria. Bendigo Victoria. The- why is he with the Italian accent? <laughs> That's what it is. You said it's right there, Bendigo, Victoria. Yeah, but you don't have to. <laughs> Such an idiot. So, I mean, that's a good find. That's a good find. A lot of people would love to find that, I'll tell you that. By the way, the mother was not walking with them. She was at home. Ooh, so you don't even have to tell her. It was him and his kids. Happy Mother's Day. Look what we bought for you. I bought you a gold nugget just for you. Um, or did you even tell her? That's, I mean, you have to, right? If you're out with a kid, you don't, don't tell your to. mom. Whatever you do, don't tell your, yeah, you know, you have to. You're dead, right? You can't, there's no way. <laughs> there is no way. All right, let's see. Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, they're doing Star Wars. People gossip. Oh, wait. People gossip for 52 minutes a day. Gossip study. Fifty-two minutes. Let's see what this is. People spend nearly an hour each day gossiping, but most of our behind the back chatter isn't necessarily negative. Interesting. So the average person gossips fifty-two minutes a day. Fifteen percent of that gossip uh, was negative. So we actually found the overwhelming majority of gossip was just neutral. People just yapping. Uh, three quarters of the conversation we heard in our sampled conversations was neither positive nor yeah. People are just yapping. Just, they're just not talking about work, right? Um, women gossip more than men. I think we can just stop right there. We don't even need to go any farther into that study because I think we uh, we all would say women gossip more than men. Oh, how dare you? Uh, there's a study there's right a there study. that proved it. Study right there that proved it. All right, as we continue through Fat Pile Friday. A New Zealand man found a 12-million-year-old footprint left by an extinct 500-pound bird. Wow. 
a footprint. Let's see what well, New Zealand first settlers arrived in the country for, at New Zealand. I used to like New Zealand. What happened? Yeah, their whole gun thing. But I don't want to go. We're not getting political here on chewing the fat butt. We're going political. Chewing the fat. Yes, New Zealand. Did you see the New Zealand? The, yeah, I did. Her with her interview with with Prime Christine Amanpour. I wanted to just see. This is why I don't do politics on this show because I, I just want. I get so angry. And I and I don't want to. I really don't understand the United States. Good. Stay in your own damn country. And you too, Christine. I'm a poor American hater. I can freaking. The enormous bird stood twice the hill. Okay. <laughs> have to have the ending i mean is that yes that's that means encompasses the report the enormous bird stood twice the height of the an adult man i mean these are like the killer birds the guy killed in florida right those uh what are they called uh emus no but they're emu like remember they were called uh emu likes yeah they were by the way yesterday we talked about a guy with a crossbow is he trying to kill this bird apparently not well he did they're extinct so he did no problem uh crossbows are making a comeback though you ever shoot one i have they're really cool to shoot and uh, you know what makes them really cool to shoot too especially like even in, in in today's world that you have it's almost like a compound bow you know so it's not real hard to pull it back they pull back easy just i'm sorry like bow but there's arrow. a lot of people in the audience that might know what a compound bow is and I feel like I need to ask you because they can't talk to you right now. And our phone lines are not ringing. So what is a compound bow? Well, okay. So if you have a, a bow and arrow, if you just have a regular bow, a regular bow, you just have, you have the bow and you have the string and you pull it back, right? And you can only pull it back so far or depending on the whatever wood or type of uh, metal or whatever you make the bow out of uh, can only go back so far with a compound bow. You have your bow, but you have the string hooked up with different pulleys, so you can pull it back farther and easier. And most of them in today's world, the farther you pull back, the easier it gets. And you it, you gain a little bit of strength when you let it go on that compound and create some press, more pressure. I mean, wow. I don't want to say that you're dumb, but why would the listeners not know that? <laughs> But you have that same with the crossbows. Now the old crossbows, you just had the you had the bow, and then you pull it back, and boom. But the and I'm sorry, you pull it back, and boom. Made that but, sound? There's gunpowder yeah, in the there. Yeah, the old one. No, not the gunpowder. Boom. That's what the sound you make when the bow hits. You know, when the string hits the bow. But in today's world, they come back with that compound pressure on it, and those things fire hard, man. And they're fun to shoot because those arrows, and they are in you, man. Is that a cross? Yes, it is. Can you pull it out of my eye, please? <laughs> I used to have a friend of mine. We can go back to crossbow days that he used to show up. You know, he always, always bring his crossbow. What are you shaking your head for? Why are you shaking your head? I was just going to tell you a crossbow story. No, you don't want my crossbow story? All right. You know what? We'll move on. He was really fun to hang around with, though. He was just crazy. He used to come outside, come out back with his crossbow, and hey! <laughs> crossbow and nail in the tree i mean you he could have killed one of us it's a good thing we a good thing we you know we thing we did kfc story we did that we made up for that 
Child abuse, Amazon, we did that. Empire, we did that. Wiener release, we did that. What is, oh, this is the pile from Chewing the Fat on Pat Gray. This is not Chewing the Fat. Kids, so we did the this. Oh, we, we lost him, Tim Conway. We lost him. <laughs> we did this. D.C. bill would allow some residents to give parking tickets to neighbors. Oh, this is, this is not a good idea. You don't want your neighbors writing you tickets, man. This cannot be a good idea. Uh, to create more sidewalk and bike lane connections, new citizen traffic safety pilot program. Excuse me. I'm part of the CTSPP. I'm going to write you a ticket for parking wrong. Uh, let's see. These individuals would file a violation by taking a picture of the vehicle, documenting the time and location, submitting the information through an app. If the people in the program knowingly file a false violation, they will be given a civil fine of up to 100 bucks. Okay, I kind of like that. But then that still puts you through the ringer, too, is you have to prove your innocence. So I'm back, back to not liking it again. But coming to a neighborhood near you very soon. Man dressed as clown who offered children candy was celebrating his birthday and meant no harm. Hey, okay. I mean, a man caused a stir in a small Tennessee town this week when he approached several children and offered them candy while dressed as a clown. I mean, in today's world. Do you have a van? Come on now. Where was his uh, panel uh, van? Thank you. Thank you. I mean, and the windows were tinted you know, or just painted black. You know, the back two windows. Yeah. Bad. The incident had Clarksville, Tennessee, and I love Clarksville, Tennessee. I've got to, you Where's know, I was at? in Clarksville because I took the last train there. And someday you'll get that joke. And when you do, you'll laugh. The laugh. old man behind me laughed, so he got it. Of course. The monkeys. The last train to Clarksville. That was a hit song from them. Wow. Don't, you don't even know your music, do you? <laughs> Police said they received calls from a pair of fifth graders who were saying, hey, someone took the last train to Clarksville. <laughs> so they were approached by a man in a gray or silver sedan. Okay, so he didn't have a van. He just had a gray or silver sedan. <laughs> Uh, and he had gestured for them to come to the car okay all right so the guy needs to be there's a little mental health issue here you're not i know he's trying to be nice and he's probably you know not worried you don't have to worry about your kids getting hurt but at the time you see this guy dressed as a clown in his gray or silver sedan saying come here little kid want some emoji urgy bars and uh you're thinking, uh, okay, you're going down. So he had a face painted white. He was wearing a red nose, and he was in several locations. Yeah. It was Rudolph? It's time to go. Uh, according to police, though, he's an older man who dresses up once a year on his birthday as a clown and hands out candy. So we know who he is. He went to a couple of places he frequents, and then they verified he was at those places this morning dressed up as a clown. He's a nice man. Had contact with them. Don't Hello. worry. Everyone can now breathe. Thanks to those of us who helped solve the mystery. He's in his 70s. He's an old man. I think maybe someone needs to say, hey, old man that dresses like a clown. This, I know it's your birthday. Maybe we just, why don't you just not do that? Or let the kids come to you. I, the old that, that's not a bad idea either. 
dress like a clown on your porch, and the neighborhood can celebrate Mr. Dingleberry's birthday by going name, to you. But okay, but I like I like that idea. Send out flyers or email the homeowners association. Do whatever you got to do. Even a homeowners association. And Clarksville, they've got a mean homeowners association, man. You know where you took the last train from? It's correct. Yeah, that's why I got. That's why I took the last train out of there because the homeowners association were bastards. I mean, you don't want to mess with them. <laughs> but that's I like that idea though. At least you know, or go to the look. If the police know who he is, maybe the police help out and say, "Hey, you know, go walk through his neighborhood and he'll give you a piece of candy on his birthday, early Halloween, right, something. Just be nice to the old man. He's in his seventies. Instead of having him." Some crazy old man in a clown suit driving his gray sedan around the neighborhood. Wonka, wonka. Hey, you want some candy, little girl? Don't be scared of me, but get in. No, sorry. No. no I don't think that's on the news. Stop it. <laughs> What's that? Stop it. What, the get in part? Yes. Nah, you stop it. I could have said that, though. The kid might not have heard it, but he still said it. San Francisco here on Fat Pile Friday. Uh, chewing the fat. Thank you for coming along for the ride today. You know what? Before we move on to the fat pile, I need a drink, so let's do some... Coca-Cola Zero Sugar and go to the break room, shall we? Oh. As long as we're in the break room, we uh, had an opportunity to talk to John Chester, who's a filmmaker, and he's got a new film out for you to go see. It's uh, I, I, I loved it, and my daughter fell in love with them uh it's called the biggest little farm it's uh I, they're calling it a documentary but it really is just a uh he's living he's living an american dream and he and his wife and his and his and his family and he filmed his time moving from the city to this farm the biggest little farm and uh, john chester uh, joins us here in the break room hey john I'm quasi aware of farming. You know, I mean, I know a little bit about what goes on and what has to happen. And uh, it was fascinating seeing uh, the movie The Biggest Little Farm, a film by uh, John Chester, who himself is the man who is uh, decided that his American dream wasn't what he was doing, but was of to become a farmer and he's joining me now on uh, chewing the fat and a quick uh, a quick little american dream segment when did you realize that you were going to do something that was different i mean that american dream that was yours you're living your american dream was to be that farmer over there well first the big part uh, that we missed here is that my wife had this dream which then <laughs> became my dream through a force of nature that is my wife but okay. you know we were both really interested in the idea of you know building a farm that was you know regenerative in nature and that it would like uh, it was not just simply based on extraction but actually building soil building wildlife habitats back and actually integrating the farm within a reawakened ecosystem and using that ecosystem to hopefully solve, you know, the challenges of epidemics of pests and disease yeah. that can break out on a monoculture type farm. So, yeah, we, we kind of wanted to do something that was like going to do this dangerous dance with nature that had not, it's not often tried, you know, and that was, that was our very naive altruistic, um, dream. So you, uh, you were a filmmaker 
and you yeah. you know now you're doing your dream of uh the farm and you found you found your farm and you said hey this is this is the place this is it this little plot of dirt right. this dirt this yeah. with this dirt this plot of dirt and then you know the vision of what it's going to be and it only took what a couple of days and it's into that vision that you thought it was going to be, right? Right, yeah. Eight years later. I mean, it really took it. First of all, the soil was completely dead. It was, I mean, it was so dead it was white. They'd, they'd you know, yeah. spraying it, you know, Bad. as most do to, to you know, get rid of the weeds. But, you know, we saw weeds and grasses as a way to build soil, so we brought that stuff back. But it took us every bit of uh, five years to really see the life yeah. return and the biodiversity. And then, you know, here we are at year eight, and... You know, it's a little bit more balanced for sure. Yeah. And what is more balanced too is our 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 uh, fear is in check. You know, we know that there's great potential to collaborate now with the ecosystem on levels that we hadn't, you know, even begun to discover. Yeah, when it started. So the film, uh, the biggest little farm, uh, is out in theaters now. So you have an opportunity to see it, and it's uh, you know, if you if you want to know what it's like. Uh, go and see the movie if you want to know uh what your grandparents told you talked about for years and years and years go see the movie but it, it took you uh you know you you travel through eight years of time uh in like you said it took about five years to really get the entire plan in gear it might not right. have been a hundred percent but it was you know that vision was there in to four or five return, years yeah, yeah. Um, to see the return of the nature yeah. when i mean in that first we'll say five years uh what was it three years in you're thinking man i could move back to la and just live on the beach and make a couple of movies what was my wife yeah, thinking yeah suddenly the documentary film industry seemed a little easier <laughs> i mean you know, there was definitely a lot of fear man both my wife and i the arguments were very intense and neither of us knew what we were talking about so there was never really an end to these, <laughs> right. you know, these disagreements of right. how we got ourselves here but there was i mean honestly there was never a real thought that we were going to give up because you've got all these things that are alive and you can't just walk away from it and you know even on its worst day there's just so much more meaning and you know the ability to reconnect and understand the intricacies and the mutualistic yeah. relationships that exist in nature is just so it's just so inspiring. You know? Did you ever did you ever think uh, in you know walking into it? Did you ever think that you were going to become uh, so attached to well, let alone the land in itself, but so attached to just animals and being other beings that live on the planet with you that you become so attached to them i mean we see them every day and think nothing of you know being becoming attached to them i think i think i i i've always been sort of someone who's who's had an openness towards you know the the plight that they go through and i i definitely think it's been even more revealing to just to, to understand the nuances of what brings about contentment for animals yeah. and it and they operate on the principles of purpose you know and and that is their meaning and that is their contentment and it's just fascinating it, it's a very reflective experience you know that nature mirrors back to you about your own life the, the, the more deeply you try to understand it and accept the impermanence of it you know because it's yeah. not easy and it's ultimately all things are dying including us <laughs> and that decay is what fuels all life yeah. you know so, and you begin to see purpose in death 
So where 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 are we in uh, the feelings of uh, the uh, the hateful climate change uh, uh, world as far as uh, climate change deniers and you know climate change? I mean, where your feelings on that are, are pretty extraordinary. I was really uh, I was fascinated to uh, to uh, read what you had to say about that, and then you, you can probably encapsulate it again for me. But you know, the the speaking of the planet itself will be fine. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, we have to look at the, the ecosystem is an immune system, you know, and yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't have the ability to say definitively whether we are influencing it or not. But I know that we have had a made dramatic impact to things like the degradation of topsoil and deforestation sure. of 46 percent of the trees. Like, look, if we're affecting the stability of the immune system, then there are things with consciousness as a force of nature, which people are as a force of nature with consciousness, we can reverse certain things, you know, and whether, you know, you, to avoid getting into the debate over climate right. change is unnecessary. The, the proof is in the loss of these finite nutrients are the things that give us life. And there are farming methods that we should all be encouraging people to be innovating with to help future generations have yeah. soil. So now you've got, uh, you know, you've got your uh, uh, 10,000 orchid trees, um, you know, you're part of the Apricot Lane Farms. You're uh, you got over 200 different crops, and you've got uh, you've got uh, the animals that uh, have you know like a couple are you know friends of the family, you know with uh, you know between the pig and the rooster. Uh, you have uh, you have all that. Let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the actual process of filming this. Um, had to you know eight years is a long time. And it doesn't, you know, obviously you look back and it goes by pretty fast, but how much footage, I mean, we talk about people making movies for two or three years and I mean, yeah. I mean, how much footage do you had to have been filming darn near every day, if not every day? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I'm, we became the, the equivalent of a, of a hoarder. Uh, and thankfully, <laughs> you know, this all is digital now, or it would have been like a barn full of you know, video yeah. games. But but it's uh we we somewhere between oh, 80 and 90 terabytes of footage. But you know, in terms of like we never thought I never thought we were going to make a feature film. I just always documented little things that were fascinating to me, and I began to kind of see how that could weave together and what it all meant um, into the you know, as it integrated into the whole. I was like, wow, no one's told that story. But so I would only spend a few minutes, sometimes maybe an hour every other day, shooting something. But over eight years. You know, that adds up. And I had yeah. you know, interns that were helping me, and later I, I brought in a couple of professional camera guys that I'd worked with to help, you know, sit on barn owl boxes for eight hours or eight days and <laughs> if something happened, you know. <laughs> how, much, uh, how much time between, you know, the, the farming – and then you go back and you've got to, you know, prior to, obviously you brought in a little bit of help. I get that, but it's still yeah. you, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a lot of time. Uh, and there's only so much time in a day. I mean, I'm barely getting through as it is and I'm not doing what you're doing, my man. So, uh, it's unhealthy. yeah, it's unhealthy. It was an unhealthy experience. I, I got myself a, a couple of therapists out of it. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> So we're talking to John Chester. Uh, the movie is uh, the biggest little farm. It's out in theaters now. A, a must 
you know it's a it's a family movie i mean they're it's a you know award-winning film and john spent uh, a, a couple of days uh, making the movie uh, eight years of his life eight, eight years, years. <laughs> of uh of of he and his wife's life and and uh, and friends and family and animals where are we at now i mean what where where do we stand now with the film's out uh it will do what it will yeah. do uh you right. know things are looking things are looking well uh you know i mean they're okay you're gonna you're gonna battle what battles you have no matter what that's what farming is right i mean every every yeah. day is some kind of new battle um where are we at now where, what, do you, what, what does our look forward to the future have well, I think for me, like as a farmer, I'll answer that very personally. You know, I think I've become way more comfortable with the embarrassment that goes along with failure. And, and in the beginning, as a starting out, I I didn't know that that failure was a part of the process. And so, when things happen now, we spend a lot less energy, you know, freaking out that this is the end of the world for us. And we realize that the time we take to really analyze and break down what happened and how it works and what's fueling this past or, you know, and, and really try to understand it, the more substantial and effective our solution is. So just not having embarrassment draining us constantly, because that ends up turning into anger and fear and, you know, overreaction. It's just, well, we all go through that. We're a little more settled for the future. <laughs> that's good. I mean, we all go through that. That's for sure. So when I was growing up, uh, you know, in, we'd uh, at times you drive, uh, you know, you're driving home down the down the country roads or down the you know down the roads to, into the city, and uh, the different farmers had their uh, had their different goods out by the side of the road for sale whenever the you know particular yeah. product was good. Um, that was uh, those those were interesting times for me. I mean, my dad always had a salt and pepper shaker in the glove box in case he wanted to stop and get some cucumbers or whatever else was for sale along the side. On the way home, um, how are how are you handling that? As far as what are the trade wars doing for you? The tariffs? I mean, are we affecting any of that for you, or are we just becoming? You know, we're hoping that the the natural uh, grocery business, along with the local farmers, is going to help you out. Well, I mean, what I would like to see is you know a more local food economy. I mean, it's. It's crazy to think how much food we grow here in Ventura County and how much of that food, you know, is shipped out to yeah. the rest of the U.S. and the rest of the world, you know. And so it's not as a, it's not going to affect us as much because our stability is based on our relationship with our local consumer. Right. You know, and that's how farms like this work. And, and, and sure. you know, it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach, but, you know, farms have this pressure to grow food for the world, and that is a unfortunate myth of shaming that was done post-World War II. And, you know, farms and farmers would love nothing more than to be able to grow food for their community and to be able to eat the food from their farm, yeah. which many farmers can't, you know. They can't eat. How many pounds of corn can you eat, you know? It's, <laughs> right. They're going to grocery stores right. now where, you know, in the 70 years ago that wasn't even happening. Right. Um, so you're, uh, you, you're down the road now. You're, you're, you're part of the, you're the farming, uh, you know, you're the farming man, the Chesters, uh, the farming family. Do you feel like you this is going to be your legacy now and your, your family is going to come right along behind you or are they going to go, man, I just want to be a documentary filmmaker and move back into the my, city. Well, my son wants to be, um, a chef, which my wife was a dancer, which my wife does. There you go a farmer, a filmmaker, 
Um, and I hope he leaves a little room for his own dream. But he wants <laughs> right. to be all those things. And, but one thing I want to say, he's really appreciative. Like, he's four. And he said to me, Dad, we're lucky. I said, why is that? He goes, because when I'm hungry, I just go eat off the tree. Uh, that's right. And he's not kidding. He literally will just eat yeah. directly off the I, tree. I'm I, like, I, you know, you could pick it first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, what's the fun in that? <laughs> yeah, it's like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory for this kid. <laughs> that's you know? great. So yeah, uh, the movie is The Biggest Little Farm. Uh, John Chester is joining us here on uh, Chewing the Fat. John, if there's one, the, the, the main thing that you'd like to have people take away from the film other than just, you know, enjoying it, which they will, um, you know, what, what's, the, what's the main thing you'd like people to take away from it? I mean, enrich your life, you know, support local farms, you know, try to understand their methods and know that soil is the most precious thing we have on this planet. It really is the thing that differentiates us between Mars and the moon. And it's the regenerator of all life as we know it. And let's try to protect it because our health, you know, is better for it. And so is the planet's. I'll I'll leave it at that, John. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. I know you're busy, man. I'll let you get back to it. Okay. This is the trailer. This all started with a promise that we'd leave the big city and build a life in perfect harmony with nature. Like a traditional farm from the past. Here we are, Apricot Lane Farms. Molly and John are very happy about this. What do you think of this, Todd? This is what we're fighting. Our version of a farm would be different. Plants. Wildlife, livestock, all working together. Here they are, Emma the pig and Mr. Greasy the rooster. Friends for life. (laughs) Right. We wanted to believe that everything had a purpose. We had our plan. And nature had hers. This feels overwhelming. But even the pests have a role to play. And these are the opportunities that fuel our farm. They told us we were crazy. And sometimes they were right. Breaking news in California. Six major wildfires. I can see a lot of smoke. We're starting to face new problems. Knock that hammer down and then just pray. We just don't have answers for them. No, no. Our land reawakened. This is a large chicken egg. We saw things that we had never seen before. Have you washed your hands, John? <laughs> the hardships we face make the dream itself feel so much more alive. John, please be careful. The biggest little farm. Get to know this family with uh, John Chester and his family. Fascinating. Uh, have fun with it while you watch The Biggest Little Farm. It's at theaters now. Uh, look for it and go to see it.
have lost a little bit of control on Fat Pile Friday is really what's happening. But whatever. I don't mind it. It's fine. You gave me creative control, right? It's fine. to bring it back? It's Friday. I don't recall ever saying you can have creative control. I just have kind of allowed it to happen. You said it. I just kind of allowed it to happen. Because you said it. I guess that's kind of. said it by not saying it. Yeah, see, that's. I can bring it back. So, I don't know. That's fine. You don't need to play it again. Is that what you're saying? No, oh, no. I'm no. saying I could bring it back oh. to the old, you know, Monday to Thursdays kind of sounders. Oh, no. This is Stephen Foster, uh, turn of the century, 1800s uh, stuff is great. Love it. Just from the 1800s. So, so uh, that's what I said. I mean, I know where the music is from. I know when I listen to it. I'm saying I know where it's, I realize I don't know what a crossbow is, but I got it. I don't know what a crossbow is. I don't know what a compound. I mean, the audience did not know what a compound bow was. So welcome to Fat Pile Friday on Chewing the Fat. Um, Remember to subscribe to Chewing the Fat, please. Uh, I need your help. Uh, We need your help. Chris definitely needs your help. So uh, subscribe to Chewing the Fat. As many devices as you have, those devices should be subscribed. Subscribed, each one subscribe, 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 subscribe. No, you thought I was having a stroke there for a second, did you? But no, I'm just telling you, subscribe, 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 subscribe. Every device, every device in your house. In fact, it wouldn't be a bad, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Maybe this weekend you call everybody for a little family meeting and tell them to bring all their devices, and you just do it together, make it a family event. That's how we bring the family together. You bring them downstairs. You help them bring all their devices down. You know, if they can't carry the TV that's in their bedroom, fine. You could go up there with them. But all the other devices, laptops, phones, iPods, all of it. And you just get together. And as a family, each device subscribes to Chewing the Fat. I mean, tell me that doesn't sound like fun. Go ahead. Tell me. That's what I thought. You can't. So a couple of animals that I'm questioning why they're on this planet. I love animals. I, you know, me, I'm a fan. But uh, there's a spider called the Triangle Weaver Spider. It turns its web into a slingshot. So instead of just building its web and the insects or humans crawl into the web and he's got you or she, it creates a slingshot with its web and it catapults itself toward you. I mean, it's prey. Uh, There's... uh, (laughs) If there's any reason that this animal or insect or whatever you want to call the triangle weaver spider is alive on this planet, I have no idea. I do not want it on this planet. It needs to go away. And if you've ever, if you, I understand how people burn their houses down with uh, trying to kill bees and spiders and stuff. Because I've come close to that. You know, I've told you. How? I've, I never told that story. No. And actually, this is one story I would have liked because I need to know. Okay. There was one night I came home. Uh, we were coming home, and I was at my my, my parents' house. And I was dropping them off at their house because I drove them to a, an event. And we got out of the car, and from the lamp post in the front yard, you pull in the driveway, and there's a lamp post there, yard light, and then there's a, you know another big bush, and between that, uh, on the, you know, on the other side of the yard there, and so between the the lamp post and the bush on the yard, there's this giant spider web, and I mean monster spider web. And so I'm thinking, well, 
you know, if I just and I and I went and got some spray paint and I kind of spray painted the web, you know, so you see where it's at because I want to see where it's all at and everything. And I'm thinking, well, I just, you know, if I just light a match on this bad boy, it'll just. It'll, and I stopped just before. I mean, I had the I had the lighter in my hand, and then I realized that that all that paint that I just sprayed on there, I'd have burned the entire burned the neighborhood down. It, would, it wouldn't have been the PG&E campfire out in California. It'd have been the Jeff Fisher campfire in in St. Petersburg, Florida, man. Because I was close. I was close to just lighting that bad boy on fire. And that's what happens, right? People get upset. They, they find a beehive or they sign whatever in their house. And I, if I just set this little bit on fire, they'll burn them and we'll be done. Yeah. It's tough. When, it's tough to put out once it's started. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I got to stop it. Get the hose. Get the hose. It's too, it's too late. Oh, no. Call the fire department. Come on. If you've got to call the fire department, it's done. You walk away. If you're lucky to be able to walk away. Wait, wait, don't walk away. Call the fire department still, though. Don't just walk away. <laughs> you are lucky to walk away. Actually, we know the freaking whole town is yeah. ashes. Oh, you're done. That's what I'm saying. You, got but you, just, you still have to call 911, though. Just don't walk away. That's what I said. I thought. But you say just walk away. Yeah, if you've, if you've got to call 911, I mean, hopefully you could just walk away, right? I mean, you can't. But you still have to call 911. I feel like you're saying... Just walk away. Yeah, you just need to walk away. But you have to call 911, right? Of course. But if you don't have a phone nearby, just walk away. No. If you can't get rid right of the phone, I mean. Just walk away. Somebody will call. Somebody will call. You don't want them to know you were the one to start it. You're the problem with America. Back out of the driveway and just. <laughs> somebody will call. I mean, maybe, maybe in a couple hours your mom will call and say, did you know our front yard was on fire? No. What? <laughs> also, I saw a headline as long as we're on, uh, you know, insects and animals we want dead. Uh, snake bites are the world's biggest hidden crisis. Now, I didn't know this. I didn't know this. One person dies from a bite every four minutes. That seems like uh, too much to me. I don't know. I, could, I guess I could be wrong. It seems like too much. Now, um, there's a guy, Dr. Williams, an expert on snake bites at the World Health Organization. And of course, why doesn't? Of course, the World Health Organization has an expert on snake bites, and it's going to be Dr. Williams. I love all his stuff, and I read all his reports. It's wonderful. I love him. And uh, he calls it the biggest hidden health crisis. Uh, hundreds of thousands are left seriously disfigured. One person dying from a bite every four minutes. Many people need amputations. I mean, uh, we need, we need, do not get bitten by a snake. Do not get bitten by a snake. 2.7 million cases of snake envenoming. It's poisoning from venom getting into the blood via a bite or being sprayed into the eyes every year. 81,000 to 138,000 people die annually. 400,000, I'm sorry, around 400,000 people will suffer permanent disability. Venomous bites can cause paralysis, kidney or liver, liver failure, fatal bleeding or amputation. I say you see a snake. I think that's my new platform. Now, they will disagree with this, and many people will disagree with this, but it could be a new platform for, for uh, chewing the fat. See a snake, kill a snake. 
What do you think? Did you see the footage, the video of the lady pushing the old man off the bus in Las Vegas? I know we see, look, I know we see video of people getting pushed and beaten up and shoved and knived and shot and every, you know, we get all every day. But there's some that just catch you and you feel like, oh, just some, but why didn't somebody do something? You see, now, in the one story that I read, the police are asking for people to come forward, witnesses. It's on a bus. They have footage. They have footage of it happening. And you see how the people uh, report what they saw, but it really isn't what happened. Like, one of the reports says that uh, the lady uh, pushed the guy off the bus, and he later died of his injury. So, I mean, this, he, this caused his death. And it is, you see the footage where she is uh, on the bus, yapping, talking. You know, she, you know, it appears that she's talking loud. How can I tell that? I don't know. I've just been around. I've just been around people that stand in crowds like that that appear that they want to be loud and make other people uncomfortable. And that's their way to bully people. All right. And so you see... As Serge Fournay gets up out of his seat on the bus, he says something to Kadisha Bishop, the 25-year-old. Now, according to other witnesses, he said, uh, why don't you just try to be a little bit nicer to people? Because she was up there yelling, hollering at people, telling people to hurry up. And so he grabs his, he's got a, a, a basket with wheels, one of those little baskets that people have that you take to the beach or you a go walker. shopping. No, it's not. It is not a walker. It is not a walk. Just because it says that in the story, it's, it's a not a walker. It's a no. It's it's a cart. It's a it's like a basket with yeah, wheels. That he uses to walk with. No, he uses it so that if he has merchandise like from the store, the produce department, whatever, he can put it in there and carry it home. Wow. Ever not gone to the beach with your little basket so you can carry stuff out to the beach? No, because I'm not a hundred, so I don't need a walker. You don't need to be a it's not a walker and you don't need to be a hundred if you have a lot of stuff that you want to take with you on the beach. And how much stuff are you taking to the beach? Oh, you need yeah. a towel and what else? Yeah, a towel and you have some some other stuff. Like some stuff. Like stuff. Like <laughs> You have uh, buckets and shovels. For what? For the kids to play in the sand. So now we have kids now. <laughs> yes. That's why you would have a basket. I mean, maybe, I'm and maybe the old man had to, was coming back from the laundromat, and he had his clothes in his little basket, and he was he was going to pick them up because it was empty. Anyway, so he goes to go out the bus, and she shoves him out of that bus, man. I mean, hard. And he falls. Well, I mean, she killed him, so yes. Oh, yeah, but I mean, well, it caused his death. He didn't die right away, but she I mean, it did some serious damage, yeah, to this old guy. And 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 as you as you age, falls don't do well to your body. I just th- what's your theory about the hips? Oh, well, the hips, yeah, yeah. If you if your hip breaks, uh, you're not long for the world. 
That's a shame. Now, there are some people that have, you know, have got, I know Jimmy Carter, a former past president, you know, he just broke his hip and, you know, he's, they're going to replace it and he's, you know. Didn't RGB also break a hip? You know, did she break it? I don't know that she actually broke it. I have to look that up, but uh, it's tough to recover for a lot of that. But I think I have a new theory about that. You know, the theories of you break a hip and fall, or I mean, you fall and break a hip. The, the, the thought is, is that you fall and break your hip, okay, as an old person, all right? So she broke her ribs. Okay, she didn't break the hip, though, right? She was a bruised or something. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was her ribs, and she didn't break the hip, so she's still okay. She's still like, you know. <laughs> but I had a conversation with, well, your father-in-law, as a matter of fact, was the guy I was talking with about this. Um, and we had other things to talk about, too. Trust me. <laughs> A lot about you. But uh, this particular part of the conversation was about hip breaking. I'm that fascinating to be around. I mean, when you think about wanting to go places with me, that's what we're talking about is hip breaking. I mean, that is <laughs> that is the fun I'm having. All right, so you're talking to my father-in-law about hip breaking and he changed your mind? Yeah, so. He changed your mind. He did change my mind. He so I'm talking to I'm talking to him and and we're we're talking about it and he says that he believes that people do not fall and break their hips people break their hip and fall okay so when you get old and brittle you're walking and and, and your hip breaks and then you fall you do not fall and break your hip the hip is already broken. And this came from Dr. Travis? This came from Dr. Travis, and I believe that he's 100% right. How? Because he's right. That's what happens. But how is he right about this? He's right. That's, yeah, uh, but that's what, what happens. What is the... That's what know, happens. Don't quit. The experiment. You don't question the doctor. Well, I need to know the experiment. Don't question the, theory, the doctor. How the, was he able to get to that conclusion? The experiment is thousands of people who have fallen... They broke their hips. can't get up. And they broke their hips. I mean, we see it on television all the time. Help, I've fallen and can't get up. Call life alert. <laughs> right we see it all the time in actual footage of grandma laying at the bottom of the stairs she didn't fall down the stairs and break her hip which well maybe grandma did maybe grandma is an exception to the rule where she actually fell down the stairs and broke her hip there but the odds are the odds are as dr travis and i were discussing that grandma was at the top of the stairs her hip broke. How did her and hip then break? Then she fell. How did her hip break? Why hits she, her? Because she's old and brittle. It makes more sense that she falls no, than she breaks no, because she no. hits something hard. As you get old, it, no, as you get old and brittle, it breaks. Go ahead. That's I what feel, I thought. That's what I thought. You, I, there's no argument against it. There isn't. No, there is. I no, just don't know how. Doctor. I don't have the words. To, for, to it's because you correctly. cannot question no, I Dr. Can question. Travis. Oh, I can question no. Dr. Travis and, no, we're done. and Nurse Jeffy we're done. over there. You do not want... Oh, I like that. I love polka. I was raised on polka. Every Sunday... Every Sunday you listen to the radio, you got to play, you got to listen to polka. Because I was uh, Frankenmuth, Michigan, Germantown in, uh, in Michigan. My mom, every Sunday, got to listen to polka. I had to learn how to dance a little polka music when I was a kid at wedding receptions. 
I can tell you some polka stories if you'd like. Don't shake your head at me. Uh, I don't want her. You can have her. She's too fat for me. This is one of my favorite polka songs. <laughs> All right, Fat File Friday continues. Uh, although, I mean, I could just listen to polka the rest of the day. <laughs> do, you ever, do you dance polka? Do you know how to dance polka? Yeah, so it's kind of a two-step-ish kind of move. Almost like the, you know, you're hip to the, you know, the Texas two-step, right? Since you're living in Texas, you know how to dance the Texas two-step, right? No? You don't know how to dance the Texas two-step? Are you a married man in, a, in the world? You ever dance with your wife? Do you not dance with your wife? No. Are you serious? Yes. She does want me to go to this uh, two-step, but I don't do that. Thank you, because she knows you're an idiot for not knowing how to do it already. She knows. Oh yeah, she knows. She oh, knows. Yeah, she knows. You saw her at the wedding. She she did it at the wedding. Do you have? Do you have? Are you able to dance? I mean, do you feel? Are you no, able I to? Got, do you I have got, some sort of thing? I got. Gonna... Yeah, I got ankle problems. Oh, so you're using your so-called handicap to say that you can't dance? No, I got. I got. What they call that? Um, um uh, dancer's ankles. I got that. <laughs> They call that dancer ankles. Is that what yeah, they call that? Yeah, that's what they yeah. call it. Yeah. And and I have you that. have that. I have that, you have yeah. That. You, have, you got dancer. That's your handicap. Yeah, that's my handicap. Dancer's, dancer's ankles. ankles. Yeah. I thought it was a good thing to have dancer's ankles, but it's not. No. At all. No, you do not want that. Mm-mm. You get dancer's ankles, you dancer knees, hips, back, all of it. Yeah. My wife has that, actually. What? Dancer hips? Dancer all of it. Yeah. She's got dancer all of it. This one has that? Yeah. Oh, the other one. No, this one. Huh. So you're right. It's time. She was a bit. San Francisco is the first city to ban facial recognition technology. You know, it does seem strange that San Francisco would be the first city to ban facial recognition technology. You'd think they'd want to know who was pooping in their streets. You'd think they'd want to know. Thank you. You think they'd want to know who was pooping in their streets. Thank you. You think they'd want to know who was, uh, you know, shooting up in their streets. But no, they don't. They don't want to know that. Isn't Silicon Valley in San Francisco? Well, it's close. So why? So, so, so why it's is in this? That, in that why are you denying this? Words, you know, I don't like, know. Let them do it. I, I don't know. They, you know, they, they think that it has something to do with their privacy, apparently. They don't. Now they, care. Yeah, now they now care? Yeah, now they care. Now they care. Now they care. I would say put the cameras up and at least use, again, I go back to the reality show of the Pooper Scoopers. Uh, why are you looking like that? What reality show did the I miss? Reality it? show, yeah. The, the, they were they were hiring people in the city to go around pick up all the oh human yeah, poop. yeah 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 yeah. So they it was not a reality that. show. It wasn't a reality show. It was though. my reality show oh, that I developed for them. Oh okay. That's what I'm saying. It's a way for them to make their money back. It was going to be expensive. So you you know you have, you film them picking up the and then the what poop. are you filming? You're filming them cleaning the streets of San Francisco. Yeah, but what's the point of me watching this? Am I looking at poop? Am I looking? Yes, at you're looking at it all. Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. I do. No, I think it's, it's tremendous. Nobody's going to log in. And I watch disagree people with picking that. Up poop. I could not disagree more. This is the guy that has that freaking suicide something. It, that people will watch. Oh yeah, my this, the suicide camp. Yeah. yeah people are not going to watch someone picking nobody's up. Nobody's done that idea. That's a million dollar idea. It is, but it's very difficult to sell that idea yeah i know 
For some reason, people don't like the idea of suicide. I don't understand it either. Because it's a sin? You can't kill yourself, you Oh, okay. Bring, it, bring, in, bring in the religion now, all of a sudden. Are you done? <laughs> An ex-Minnesota City Council candidate. This is Fat Pop Friday. I've still got some, some fat in the pile here. Uh, an ex-Minnesota City Council candidate sentenced to probation for posting revenge porn on his campaign website. Have you done that? angry. Not on this guy's website. No, I don't even know who this guy is. Are you sure? <laughs> David Martinez. Yeah, I don't even know who he is. Sentenced on Friday. <laughs> Says two years probation. Big deal. Oh, he's fine. That's nothing. So he put oh, it on his website? Probation, and he was undergoing mental health evaluation. Okay, and we'll prohibiting him from contacting his wife. Well, he doesn't want to do that anyway. And taking drugs and alcohol. If he breaches the terms, he's expected to be jailed up to a year. What do you mean taking alcohol? Oh, so he can't do drugs can't or alcohol? He can't do drugs. He can't drink. Well, you can't do drugs anyways. Right. There, well, of course yeah. not. That's silly. Uh, he pleaded guilty. being charged in December with non-consensual dissemination of private sexual images for breaching the state's revenge porn law. I, w- I, w- I was reading about the revenge porn law. A lot of states have that. That is amazing. Yeah, they do. Because uh, why? Because all the people in office do want nothing to do with that. They don't want anybody revenge porn in them. That's why it's a law, and that's why it was went through so quick, and that's why everybody was just, it just was there, man. <laughs> Under the cover of night, you night, aren't lying. They just they will approve it. Uh, it's part of that. Oh, Pass that bill, and it's got the revenge porn law on it too. Okay, go ahead. That passed. Uh, bill number one two 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 passed last night. Uh, part B is the revenge porn. You, absolutely bad. Those guys are not have. They they want to. They do not want any part of that. That's True. a fact. Because uh, well, there's a website you could sell those pictures to. Really? Yes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know about that. Oh, I thought it was run by you. Why uh, Why would people... I mean, that's just so mean. Revenge. Is it, though? Yes, it's so mean. It's in the word, revenge. Yeah, it's so mean, though. That's what you get for cheating on me. No. But yes. No. Yes. Everybody cheats. Okay, that's fine. Just don't get caught. She gets caught. Boom. Why is it a she? Oh. Because uh, there's a number of females that uh, tear up their male counterparts uh, in this revenge porn world as well. Uh, it's different, though. It's maybe different, though. a good though. rule of thumb that perhaps you don't. Uh, no, don't do that. Nope. That's not possible. Absolutely. You have to. It's a must. But I'm, nope. I'm just saying nope. that it's, perhaps it's, it's people a must. shouldn't. You have to. That is a rule of dating. You must submit at least a couple of nudes a week. What I'm saying. If though, you don't, that, you not have a future in dating, or you will be single for the rest of your life. So you'll never hit that two thousand mark. Never hit that two thousand. You were not even in the hundred dollar mark. <laughs> You're done. I mean, okay. So I okay. Let me say. Let me go this. Okay. So I, I'm with you on the. Let's say. Let's say I'm on your side on the on the quick selfies. Okay. Right? I'm on your side with that. We have. It's a must. Let's it's a say must. That. Okay. But what about the filming? You know the actual videos. Oh, you don't. That's freaking. That's old school. We no. We no one's doing that anymore. Okay, so how are you revenge porning with just the selfies? I mean, big deal. It works. So, an example, like say, if you wanted to do it, how would you do it? 
Uh, if you want to judge it, you know, those pictures that, you know, that your ex-girlfriend. That I sent you. Yeah, that you sent me. That I sent me out of love. Out of love, of yes. And I was like, oh, you, I got you doing what? Oh, hell no. Go to uh, revengeporn.com and you can submit. Is that the actual site? That is the actual I gotta site. I got to look it up. <laughs> it was revenge, uh, revengegf.com. <laughs> revengegf.com. And you just submit. Revenge GF. It doesn't. Revenge GF.com. Are getting any, I get a look at what's going on here? No, it's not up. Revenge GF.com. It doesn't come up here. Hold on. Oh, sorry. They changed it. Watch my GF.me. What? <laughs> Watch my GF.me? Yes. The site is blocked due to content filtering. What? Come on! Well, you can't search porn in the company website. This is website. not porn. This is work. Plus, revit. This is unacceptable. I uh, this this show is over right now, man. This is completely unacceptable. How can I not see? Uh, I'm doing a show. We're discussing what's what happens and how people go about this, and I can't get to a particular website. Unacceptable. I tell you to have a nice weekend, but I can't even get to a website. Seriously, <laughs> that ticks me off, man.